It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. Cork's greatest hits. C103. And a very good morning to you. Hopefully you enjoy the bank holiday weekend. It's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia right across this week on Cork Today. And Bernie is here taking your comments on 1850-333-103. That's something you want to raise on the show across the week. Or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can always tweet us at C103Cork. And ahead on the programme this morning, well, they rode to goals. And they'll be joining us later. That is Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy, who have of course, uh, they were the only so far gold medal winners at the Olympics for Ireland. We'll be speaking with them shortly on the programme. And also last night, as the celebrations continued, Loki, that is, in Skibbereen yesterday evening, we can't forget Emily Hegarty also, who was welcomed home. Uh, what a great performance by all our Olympians in Tokyo. It does still continue in Ireland doing so well this year. I mean, even this morning, uh, Kelly Harrington, uh, she's assured of at least a bronze medal in Tokyo. And Phil Healy, how well did Phil do? I mean, wasn't it three, I think, races she ran yesterday and just missing out on the 400 metres overnight? Uh, the Banaline lady, of course, with Bandon Athletic Club. Uh, she was one of the, f- the six fastest qualifiers uh, with uh, one re- remaining and her time was just marginally better than the finals. So the heat, uh, she dropped to seventh place and she missed out on progressing. Uh, but well done to Phil. Uh, She's done so well over the last number of days in, in the warm conditions and then you know, running so many races uh, from the, the heats to, to the 400 metres, the 200 metres, so so much. So we, we really send our thoughts to Phil today. And as I said, we'll be speaking with Paul and Finton as the celebrations low-key of the year, but they continue in Skibbereen. Some good news for us this morning. And we don't have a lot of time to speak with Paul or Finton. As you can imagine, they're under pressure to speak with everybody they possibly can over the next few 
few days so we have a, a time limit on that uh, but we will hear from them later uh, in the programme so you'll be uh, glad to know they are joining us anyhow on the show this morning. Also, uh, what is the latest situation from Bantry, the hospital? Uh, we heard last week the problem with admissions or maybe those who wish or don't wish to go but have no choice but to go into the hospital. They can't go. Uh, no admissions into Bantry. Well, it seems things have not changed. We were told things were due to change on Thursday or Friday, even though a statement from the South Southwest Hospital Group did really, if you dig down in that statement, more or less say it could be September uh, before things get back to normal. Uh, there was promises, though, of something happening on a Thursday last week. And sad to see then over the weekend, the pressure that has put on local doctors in the Bantry area. Uh, they put down one of the toughest weekends ever. It's a busy weekend in all tourist spots because if anything goes wrong, people will turn up at the local hospital. And that local hospital is also catering for locals. And then we were contacted by families who did not want to join us on air, but just to highlight the reality of what is happening, what would take an hour and a half to a two-hour journey from, let's say, Bantry, and further afield, it can take more from Beira and other areas of Far West Cork to CUH. What has happened is, with the traffic over the weekend, that has led to people travelling three hours to reach the emergency department within CUH, and then when they reach there, uh, they could be waiting a further six, seven, eight hours. So, uh, it is very frustrating for the medical teams working in Bantry GPs and in those indeed in Bantry Hospital we'll try and find out what indeed is happening or why this situation came about in the first place surely people knew that this was going to happen and they were not going to leave things the way they are now within Bantry I mean is it a case that we continue every three or four years it seems to be anyhow Uh, I mean the Olympics come around every four years. I know this year due to COVID it was five years. It seems similar when it comes to hospitals like Bantry and Mallow every four or five years there's a fight on to save some service in either hospital and why the government and the HSE will always come out and say no when something happened for a certain reason and they are boosting services in those hospitals and we have seen new additions coming into both hospitals at the same time. Why then do circumstances like this continue to happen and they do affect those living in the area. So they do mainly affect those living in far out county areas, which is unfair. I mean, in a way, it's degrading and disgusting to think that people living in Beira and areas of Bantry have to travel three hours to CUH and that's including traffic. It can take up to three hours and it's very unfair uh, that uh, those who make those decisions, wherever they are, uh, think that it's okay to let people drive that distance and then to face a further government knows how many hours uh, within an emergency department within CUH or wherever they go. Maybe it's the mercy. I'm not too sure, but it's very unfair and we'll try and get to the bottom of that on the show this morning. Your views are welcome. Maybe you were one of those families that does want to raise the issue and speak with us on air of how you could not be admitted to Bantry Hospital and then, you know, had to go elsewhere. Uh, mainly to Cork. Also, uh, what is the situation with your bank holiday? Did you enjoy it? What did you do? Would you like another bank holiday weekend? Well, you could because people before profit, they want three more bank holidays and we'll chat with their TD, Paul Murphy, on why they're introducing this and a bill to go to the Doyle in September, which could see us getting three more bank holidays. We're one of the lowest in Europe when it comes to bank holidays. Would you welcome more? I think many people would. We'll speak with him later in the show. And a recent report from from a number of organisations found that older people felt cancelled during the height of the COVID-19 crisis. We're going to speak with a member of Active Retirement Ireland on this. We're also going to hear about songs from the Blackwater. It's an open-air music event to take place at Mallow Castle. 
this will hopefully bring back live music in some shape or form over the next number of years uh, and over the next number of months but it also will boost uh, local musicians in the Mallow area and we're going to chat as we always do on a Tuesday we're joined by our regular show councillor Joe Heffernan and we're going to discuss the benefit of laughter and the, how much uh, laughing we need right now and laughter we need to hear right now uh, given what's happening across the world but I think uh, we, we, you, you'll agree when you say when you do have a good belly laugh it does bring out the best in us all and we all love a good laugh so we'll discuss the benefits of laughter with Joe Heffernan after 12.30 and maybe you have yourself over the last maybe over the weekend uh, had a good laugh and it did make you feel better let us know on that and whatever you want to raise on the show this morning Bernie taking your comments 1850-333-103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 and across the weekend the HSC in their vaccine roll were busy because even though we had a further 1,352 COVID-19 cases reported by the Department of Health yesterday. Thousands of young people availed of the walk-in vaccination centres over the bank holiday weekend. Uh, The latest figures we have so far show that there are 177 patients in hospital with COVID-19, 27 then in intensive care, but over around 30,000 people availed of the walk-in vaccination centres on across the weekend, Saturday, Sunday and bank holiday Monday. The majority of those attending were younger people and the HSC have described the, the success of the walk-in centres as something that they hope will continue uh, compared to other countries. There's a huge uptake in the vaccine among younger people, something they are not seeing in Northern Ireland. And now what's happening in Northern Ireland is that the hospitals uh, are under pressure yet again. And when we saw that around January, the hospitals in Armagh uh, were calling for those who could help from the Republic to join them. And will that be a situation we could see again? Maybe so, but I know across the north they are now coming under difficulty with those who are ending up in hospital due to COVID-19. And from COVID to your coffee takeaway, well, if you if you do go for a, a takeaway coffee most days, you could be paying more because the government, it's going to push ahead with their latte levy. Remember this was introduced and spoken about anyhow to introduce this about two or three years ago? Well, they are set to go ahead with this. It's the latte Levy on disposable coffees. Uh, so the disposable coffee comp you get, I mean, a lot of places now, maybe not at the moment due to COVID, I'm not too sure. I know there was a, uh, for the last year and a half, you weren't allowed to bring your own cup in. Uh, maybe they're returning to that, but they are going to go ahead with this. It's the Environment um, the Minister of State and Climate Communications, Oshin Smith. He has said that it's a priority now to roll out this levy. How much could you be paying? Roughly, they reckon it could be an extra 25 cents for your uh, cup of coffee or your latte and that levy will come in over the next year or so as they are looking to uh, prioritise it to bring it forward when the doll returns in September and we're all talking about working from home and some people enjoyed it for the first few months and then some people did not really enjoy it as they had to continue to work from home and deal uh, with the children and everything else that goes on with home life while they worked well it seems those who maybe don't have all the responsibility of children they have decided before they're called back into the office uh, to head abroad uh, to avail of the sun, sea and Wi-Fi as many of our remote workers who haven't returned to the offices as yet and have been working from home all the time they're going on what's calling now is a workcationing and they're going to the Canaries mainly or the sunny islands of Spain or Portugal they, those islands have seen a huge uh, turnover in visitors over the last number of weeks but a lot of visitors are staying for two or three weeks and they're working 
So they're going over to various islands of the Canaries. Uh, they're bringing their work gear with them. And they're doing their eight, seven hours day work. And then they're availing of the beach and everything else that goes with uh, lifestyle over in those areas like Gran Canaria. A number of bar owners over there from Irish bars have noticed this and the tourism board have come out as well. So before your call back to the office, many Irish people are heading off abroad and working uh, from sunny destinations, uh, making the most of it. And uh, farmers will be interested in this story that is coming through this morning. We might discuss this later in the week in the programme. This is... Charlie McConnell, the Agricultural Minister, he's looking at ways to financially encourage all farmers to plant trees on some of their lands. And this is more and further efforts to reduce the carbon emissions. Uh, did we not go down that road a number of years ago? And did we not then have a situation whereby a lot of this turned to scrub and they were then looking at scrub and land and they were going penalising farmers? Or are we totally wrong with that? Because it is something, again, they're looking at farmers planting trees on their land and, and maybe it's more forestry they're looking at. Uh, I'm not too sure. We'll get back into that maybe later in the week. Uh, your views will be welcome, though, from the farming community. There's always a mixture of views when it comes to setting trees on land. And if you're a fan of reality TV and maybe you've been watching Love Island over the last number of weeks so that does continue Uh, but I'm a celebrity well that's going to continue as well not down under because as you'll be aware at the moment uh, lockdowns underway in Sydney and Brisbane and many major cities in Australia Uh, it's going back to Wales they are for I'm a celebrity and they'll be setting up again in the Welsh castle for I'm a celebrity get me out of here so no return to Australia as uh, Covid hits uh, Oz and it seems that Anton Deck will be remaining in Wales anyhow your views are welcome and uh, Bernie's taking your comments this morning 1850-333-103 and Michal was on to us earlier this morning and he is asking if many people have tried this new COVID portal he went on at Saturday and this is regarding his uh, digital search his digital COVID search he wanted to change his name because what a lot of people are finding is whatever name you registered yourself on for the vaccine or you gave to your or your GP uses you if you got your vaccine from the GP whatever your GP knows you as and whatever you registered on the on the site and the website for the vaccine this is the name that appears on your digital search so a lot of people now feel if they want to go away they need to change it anyhow Michal did go on the website he did want to change the name on his search but he says guess what it didn't work he wants to know if anybody else had some luck with that uh, I haven't got on that site as yet uh, the name was what was that as was uh, from my own search but if you have gone on if you have tried it have you success Michal hasn't let us know 1850 or you can text or WhatsApp 86 Cork today with you until one our lines are open 1850 or you can text or WhatsApp 86 I mentioned there about Bantry Hospital that we will speak about before 11 this morning and this really sums up what is happening in that general region of uh, West Cork. Uh, here's a text, a WhatsApp from a person who says, Anne, uh, signs yourself as Anne and says, Hi John Paul, I have a relative who was buried yesterday because the ambulance took hours to get to them. 
and this is what is happening within our health service. I think that sums it up also. Uh, Joan who says, Hi John Paul, I am aware of a family, they're relatives of mine, who did travel over two hours to reach CUH over the weekend because they could not get admission to Bantry Hospital. The doctors in Bantry at the South Dock Service are just fantastic. The work they are doing under huge pressure, many of them working outside the hours of South Dock and indeed outside their own hours as well to make sure the patients are being looked after and are getting the necessary transfers to CUH but it's just too far. Uh, Joan goes on to give an example. If you were travelling across counties in the Midlands uh, let's say from Offaly to Kildare and other counties it can take about an hour. Cork is so big, a two hour journey you were still within Cork uh, but other areas of the country even though they've had cutbacks in their local hospitals they still have hospitals and they are admitting people uh, while it might be a shorter journey for them to go to another county within our county it can take two or three hours it's so unfair Uh, thankfully my family member and relative is now okay and they're home but they had a very very long day from both the journey to and from Cork and then the time spent within CUH outside of that the staff uh, both South Dock in Bantry and the staff in CUH were fantastic it's also very unfair to those working in CUH they are under enough pressure as it is without then bringing patients from other areas of Cork into already busy hospitals says Joan on text to 0862103103 we'll be getting back to that situation in Bantry very shortly but next as low-key celebrations continued in Skibarine yesterday evening uh, to welcome home the Olympic uh, medalist Paula Donovan Fintan McCarthy and Emily Hegarty. Uh, they were all uh, there yesterday evening along with Antishuk Michal Martin. Uh, Skibbering Rowing Club organised this and we did catch up, catch up with both Paul and Finton. We only have a, a short time frame to speak with them. We'll speak with them via Zoom next. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 Skibbereen yet again the capital of rowing across the world as our very own Paul O'Donovan and Fenton McCarthy rode home to gold last week in the Olympics in Tokyo. They both now join me. Hello to you both. Hello, hi. Thanks for And thanks for joining us. Uh, first of all, a massive congratulations to you both. We're just so delighted having watched you both from the West Cork Sports Star Awards we do here uh, and watching you at a young age to this level. So it's just fantastic. And first of all, everyone was saying at the very start, Paul, that uh, the pressure that was going to be on you for this race because they were saying you were favourites. But does that add pressure in a race like this when you're down as favourites? No, no, it doesn't. I don't see why it would like. You know, I think if if someone's a favourite, then then there'll be pressure on the other people because they'd be going to it thinking they're not not as good as the favourites. You know, so. And the race itself, then you were locked in a battle with Germany, who started strong, and then you guys pulled ahead. But did that make it? Did you think Germany made you work for it? I think I uh, like it was clear there. Germany made us work for it, like because they were. They were leading us most of the way down and then we passed them out a little bit and then they passed us out again and we had to do a really big sprint then at the end and we, you know, we won by a small margin so you know, definitely for sure they, they made us work awfully very hard for it but um, you know, I think there's, there's good satisfaction then in knowing that when when they were when they were so fast that we were still still able to beat them then uh, you know, we, we, we were pleased. 
and Fenton the last time Paul and Gary were rowing in the 2016 Olympics winning the silver that day we were broadcasting from the studio here and from a number of locations in Skibbereen if I'm right you were in Skibbereen Credit Union that day watching that race you had your famous smile on did you ever think five years on you'd be alongside Paul on that boat? Uh, maybe not then but um, you know I guess once once the training started going well, I thought there might be a chance, so I just kept the head down, and, and here I am. Yeah, and you've worked so hard for this, Vinton. I mean, we've watched you, as I said, over the number of years since then even, and honouring you at the Sport Awards at the Celtic Ross Hotel. I mean, you've both had long days of training, and that just shows the level that you have gone over the last number of years. It does pay off. I mean, let's look at the rowing, for example. We have Aoife Casey, Margaret Crimmon, and the bronze for Emily Hagerty. I mean, it does show, Vinton, despite the hard work involved, it does pay off. Yeah, definitely. I think... You know, everyone's worked really hard and they're all really deserving of the good results that have, you know, that have come over the past week. And it's just like a testament to, to all of us, really. I think we've all really enjoyed work, you know, doing the work and working together as well. So, yeah, it's been it's been good. And Paul, we were speaking with your mam the morning after you both won the gold and she was telling us that when you were in primary school that you and Gary wrote in a copybook that you were going to row and win in rowing in the Olympics in 2012. Now she did say you were very young and the, the age was going to be different but do you remember that at that time that you at, at a young age in primary school you had the, the will and the confidence to get where you are today? Um, oh, I'd say it'd be hard to remember now back that far but... Um... Yeah, I, I suppose you don't fair fair play to her for, for remembering that. Um, I think, yeah, I know it's good as a kid there that you'd be kind of dreaming and then setting some goals and, and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, I suppose it's good then when you get a bit older to try and do it and it's nice then if it does, does work out. Yeah, well, she I'm not too sure if she still has the copybook or not, but I'm sure she'll, uh, she'll fill you in when you get home. And I don't think, obviously, with COVID and restrictions, there can't be a big homecoming, but you'll be aware, maybe not. The flags are up, Olympic flags, Irish flags, posters of you guys are up in Bandon, Clonakilty, Ross Carberry, Skibbereen, even Unpost have repainted the post boxes in Skibbereen to gold with both your names on them on Market Street and Skib. So there is, even though there can't be a massive homecoming, there's a lot of items gone gold in Skibbereen I mean for you Fintan I'm sure your parents Sue and Tom and the rest of your siblings Jake and Caitlin they'll hopefully have something organised for you when you head home anyhow Yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure what the plan is but yeah there there might be a, a small celebration or something and I'm sure there will be, uh, and you guys are continuing to celebrate and would have enjoyed what happened last night in Skibbereen. And hopefully when things get back to some normality, anyhow, uh, there'll be a further celebrations for you both. I know you must go to other interviews, so I'm going to leave you both go. But thank you very much uh, for joining us uh, this morning. That is our Olympic medalists, Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy, uh, joining us this morning via Zoom. Thank you to you both. Thanks Thanks. There they are. Uh, such great ambassadors for rowing, aren't they? And just to think that those, like I mentioned there, Finton, he was you know in a credit union in Skibbereen watching both Paul and Gary win silver the last time. And then five years on, he ends up in the boat with Paul winning gold. Just fantastic altogether. Also, we got to mention Emily Hagerty as well. And uh, Phil Healy, of course, uh, who just missed out overnight, but also doing very well for the Olympics and all the various Cork 
Olympians uh, still going on of course and we will have the updates right across on our sport bulletins across the day here at C103 but let's go back to last night in Skibbereen as I mentioned there was low-key celebrations in Skibbereen and mainly within the rowing club last night for those who came home our reporter Trevor Welsh went along to Skibbereen last night and he spoke with these people who were waiting in the area near Spearline and Skib where the um, homecoming and where the, the speeches were taking part for Skibbereen Rowing Club a lot of people did gather no not a lot in fairness people obeying Covid uh, restrictions and adhering to the rules but people just wanted a glimpse of the three who arrived home and here's what these people said to Trevor last night in Skibbereen Are you into rowing yourself? Um, yeah I like it Yeah Would you take it up? Um, I don't know Maybe What's your own name? Um, O'Sheen O'Sheen What about you? What's your name? Reed. Were you uh, Were you watching the race? Yeah are you waiting here now to get try to get a photograph of the lads, yeah? Yeah. It's a great achievement, isn't it? Do you want a gold medal? Yeah. So obviously, as a local, you're very proud of what the lads achieved. Oh my God, it's wonderful. Just a super achievement. We're all very, very proud of them. And the whole rowing club. They're very supportive. There's a huge team behind them. Mm. And we're very proud of all they've done. Indeed, a lot of people are so proud of what's achieved and great to hear the young people out there in Forest last night and that's something that Paul did mention in the interview there it, you know, to encourage people to get into sport at a young age and rowing and we have seen that from the last success in the Olympics young people who have got into the sport of rowing and maybe like Paul and Fintan, Emily and so many others uh, that they could be winning gold, silver or bronze or whatever just even going to the Olympics and representing Ireland in years to come. Just a fantastic good news story and we still wish uh, success to our Olympians who are still competing in Tokyo 1850-333-103 our lines are open you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 I have a lot of calls and texts coming in regarding uh, the situation in Bantry Hospital we'll discuss that next Court today on C103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 0862-103-103 a number of concerns around the future of Bantry hospital yet again around the cars I mean, we're aware of retirements recently at the hospital but services were restricted due to the unavailability of a consultant Michael Collins independent deputy for Cork Southwest is again raising the issue and joins me this morning good morning to you Michael Good morning, John Paul. On Friday, Michael, doctors were unsure on where to send patients who needed hospital admissions. And we were told in a statement that a locum was to be put in place. It seemingly across the weekend that did not happen. No, and, and up till this morning, uh, we're in, left in the same situation as we have uh, for the past nine days, John Paul, um, where um, admissions to Bantry General Hospital are, are, are closed um, to to. We'll say with doctor referrals and with ambulance referrals, they're not allowed uh, send patients or take patients in, in, in Bantry General Hospital. The reason for that was that we have a consultant uh, staffing crisis um, where a number of consultants have retired over the last number of years, because apparently there was five consultants there, uh, leaving uh, skeleton staff as such, um, skeleton consultants. Um, one of them has genuinely fallen ill. And um, the management they made a decision that <clears throat> they wouldn't, uh, I suppose, put the burden um, of, of people's, uh, so many people's lives uh, at risk by having a consultant, uh, one consultant running the, the hospital, so they closed it to admissions. Now, there was rumours last week that, you know, admissions would be uh, trodden fully closed, but at the end of the day, John Paul, when a doctor um, has a sick patient before him and can't admit that patient to the local uh, 
um, hospital uh, for an emergency call or whatever, and when ambulances are diverted to Kerry and being diverted to, to CUH, that to me is full closure of admissions to Bantry General Hospital, which is um, uh, which puts us in a dire, a dire situation, John Paul. Yeah, and I think many of the doctors would agree with you. I mean, we've been contacted by doctors across the weekend who say they put down the busiest weekend ever in Bantry. They've been working within the South Dock Service and so many people, they transferred to CUH. We've heard from people themselves then who weren't willing to go on air, but there were relatives of people and they were involved themselves who had to travel two, two and a half to three hours from various areas of the Bear Peninsula to Bantry and then transferred from Bantry to Cork. And they said traffic because obviously tourist weekend that led to their delay uh, to getting to uh, Cork City uh, we got a statement from the South Southwest Hospital Group who look after Bantry General Hospital uh, in the statement uh, they're at lows to say and they say this a few times that Bantry is aligned with the Cork University Hospital Group uh, and if you dig into the statement basically while they say an active recruitment process is underway and they're trying to source a, a locum uh, it looks like they say resources, additional resources that is, will be available on site in Bantry from September. So reading through the lines in that, it looks like that things will continue until September unless pressure is put on. Yes, and I, I had sent an email um, to the CEO of the South South West Health Group um, asking to outline what exactly was our plans. But basically been very strong and focused on the admissions crisis we have at this present time in Bantry General Hospital. And they seem to answer every question but the immediate situation we found ourselves in, uh, in that in that reply that you got and the rest of the, 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 the media got, and, and including myself. And I've now gone back to the um, CEO of the South South West Health Group asking why no consultant was appointed since 2018. This is a crisis going on since 2018 where everybody's had their eye off the ball it's led to this major crisis we're now. The other question I've asked them were, seen as the HSE, were well aware why no panels in place, jump up. And can now, and I ask this, and this is just a temporary stopgap measure, can cover now immediately be got from CUH um, till uh, September? And I'm awaiting a reply. I've also called on the Minister for Health twice to intervene. He hasn't opened his mouth on this issue. Um, I've, I've contacted the head of the HSE, Paul Reid, who fails to respond to this issue. I mean, John Paul, the question is, if a patient attended um, for an emergency to a doctor in, in, in Dublin this morning, I was told he'd have to go to Cork or she'd have to go to Cork, there'd be an absolute national outcry, even though it would be a fantastic motorway to make your way down from. But to think that people in, 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 in Castleton Bear, people in um, and, uh, Sheepshead, the Mismanhead, and we'd go right back into Bandit County, are now having to go to CUH. And this is no criticism of CUH. CUH is overcrowded. Cannot cope with the demand that's been asked of it, and unfortunately, the situation that doctors have been left with over this weekend—they they haven't been told what to do. This is astonishing. This whole system is is, is absolutely creaking at, yeah. at, at, at the top, and they haven't—they have no idea where to send patients. And it's you're you're right. You're right there on CUH. Just in case people think it is extra pressure on CUH, and a lot of people that ended up there at the weekend just want to commend the staff in CUH because they're busy enough dealing with people coming from all over Munster into that ED. Uh, not a mind more than coming from other parts of the county. So the staff there are under huge pressure. They have to be commended for taking on the extra work. But there was always a fear, Michael, over the last number of years that when retirements took place in Bantry Hospital, 
regarding consultants. Consultants themselves came to us. The late Dr. Dennis Carter was always highlighting this. His fear was what is happening now, uh, that this situation would lead to admissions being closed. And that is what is happening Uh, Is it a worry when you look at other hospitals like Banshee across the country have ended up in this situation whereby admissions have gone elsewhere? This is uh, this is a plan in my view for many years of Andrew General Hospital, and I have plenty of evidence uh, of that. And, and and you mentioned it late, Doctor Dennis Cotto fought bravely for Andrew General Hospital, and 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 kept the, us politicians wide awake as to the crisis that we could face that we are now facing. And the problem is, uh, John Paul, that this is a crisis that that actually you know it's slightly history repeating itself because the HSE closed the casualty unit of Bantry General Hospital in 2013 just before the busiest weekend uh, of the year at that time so there were this happened in 2013 in another sense now it's happening today uh, we have doctors stating over the weekend this is what they were stating at Bantry General Hospital one of the doctors said we'll get back up and running our fragile health system in West Cork will fall like dominoes and another uh, was stating that he was shattered after walking all day in Southampton, and he was referring patients to CUH, knowing that it would take hours and hours for them to, 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 to get to their, the, 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 you know, to be seen after. And in a situation where a patient may have a stroke jump off, it's critical that they get help within minutes, to be quite honest, with 30, 30 minutes to an hour is, is the critical point here. And unfortunately, these patients could be facing a three to four hour journey. And waiting for an ambulance, getting an ambulance, traffic, and everything. And I, I pay tribute to the ambulance, the doctors, and the staff that are trying to work under these, these, uh, this pressure. This pressure that's been pushed on them by the HSE, who have an agenda. And I have no, I am quite openly saying to Michael Collins, saying, they have an agenda. And the agenda is to close Bantry General Hospital to admissions permanently. And they have told me that myself. And I've walked away from them. I have no hand act apart them. Unfortunately, some of the political system tends to listen to them. The HSE um, told remember, you this, is it? They have. That uh, they want to they, close admissions they, in Bantry. They, they want to close admissions in Bantry. They have a plan for Bantry Hospital. It's a dream plan. It doesn't work in rural Ireland. And to some well-heeled gentleman in Dublin has come up with this beautiful plan. The bottom line, it will not work in rural Ireland. It will work in, in a city situation, maybe, but not in rural Ireland. And before, outside of politics, when I was raising issues in 2013 and friends of mine in, in groups, we were told by the political system we were scaremongering. We weren't scaremongering then, and I'm not scaremongering now. We have a crisis beyond belief here, and the people of Bantry, there's a seeding anchor, uh, uh, sorry, the, pe- the people of Bantry General Hospital, catchment area, there's a seeding anger out there that they want to face this issue face full on even to the point of a massive public protest which is not a great thing at this time but look there have been protests in Dublin where thousands have taken place so I can't see uh, this might be the only way to resolve the situation OK stay there because a local Fianna Fáil deputy Christopher O'Sullivan joins me on this issue good morning to you Christopher Morning, John You were hopeful that a locum would be put in place on Thursday or Friday and that admissions would hopefully come back at the weekend. That did not happen. I mean, yesterday evening, Michal Martin on Taoiseach was in Skibbereen and I see a few calls coming in here to me saying that the brass, uh, those on top were in Skibbereen yesterday but not in Bantry. Uh, what, have you, what are you hearing? I mean, I know you're, you're a backbencher for Fianna Fáil but still, Fianna Fáil are in government. Uh, what is the story? I mean, Michael Collins has been told that uh, they're trying to change the way Bantry operates. Well, first of all, I, I want to agree with what Deputy Collins has um, said in relation to the seriousness of the situation. Um, it is a mess, uh, and it's it's not good enough uh, for the people who live in West Cork, uh, the patients, the GPs, 
who uh, Deputy Collins has quite rightly said are under serious, serious pressure. Um, and I want to pay particular mention as well to the ambulance service because you can imagine uh, when situations arise where they're having to be about the CUH instead of Bantry, that's putting an already stressed and an already um, under-resourced ambulance service uh, under serious pressure. Um, so uh, that, that's first and foremost. Absolutely, this situation is a mess and it should not uh, continue um, and it can't continue. In relation to last week, um, as soon as I uh, was made aware of the reduction in admissions to uh, Bantry General Hospital, of course, straight away I contacted both management of the hospital and the HSC. Um, and at that point, they said that efforts were underway to recruit a locum who would be in position before the weekend. That has not happened. Um, we're in a situation now where the entire um, uh, staffing structure on the ground is uh, wafer thin. And for a second, John Paul, if, if you wouldn't mind, I want to try and explain um, why my understanding of, of why that is happening. So you have a situation where we've gone through um, over 18 months uh, of a pandemic. Um, and as you can imagine, hospital staff, right through from the general physicians to the ambulance drivers to the nurses, um, are, are absolutely have run themselves into the ground. Now, for the first time, because of the vaccination rollout and where we are in the vaccination rollout and because of the introduction of the digital COVID search, where people can travel now for the first time, um, we have a situation where people are taking an opportunity to, for the first time in months and months, take some annual leave. And well-earned annual leave, it has to be said. These people have run themselves into the ground. But they're in a position where they're taking annual leave. Some of the doctors that we would have in the entire system uh, would come from abroad, uh, many from, uh, indeed, the Middle East. And they, for the first time, were taking the opportunity to go home. So when efforts, my understanding now is, as efforts are being made to recruit um, consultant physicians in order to fill uh, the, um, first of all, it's, the, the consultant physicians in Bantry went from three down to two. Um, now my understanding is that um, in the next couple of weeks, another consultant will take their opportunity to go on a new leave, as is their right. Um, that diff There's great difficulty in, in recruiting those consultant positions because of the situation um, I have outlined. So that's the situation. It's not good enough. It shouldn't have come to this. Um, steps should have been put in place to ensure that that's what, this wouldn't happen. Um, I will have to mention at this stage that although at the moment you have two acting consultant physicians in Bantry, um, there, there should be three full-time. Over the month, over the end of August and into September, there will be three more consultant physicians re recruited. So that will bring the entire amount of consultant physicians from three up to 5.5. So this situation should not arise again. That said, what's happened in Bantry over the last few days and the fact that people are being brought up to CUH instead of uh, being brought to the medical um, assessment unit in Bantry isn't good enough. And I 100% agree with uh, Deputy Collins. Uh, we have to work together in this and I want to work together with him. Of course, I took the opportunity um, at this great occasion yesterday in Skibbereen where we welcomed from the rowers um, to bring it to the attention of Michal Martin. Uh, and I'm sure he will do his utmost to ensure it's resolved. This morning I was in contact with Stephen Donnelly, Stephen Donnelly, Minister for Health, who did come back to me um, and assured me that uh, every step would be taken. But that's kind of my outlining of why we are in the situation. But that said, this situation can't continue because it's not fair 
as I said, on the people of West Cork. But Christopher, why, do, why does it take a public outcry then for this to, to happen? And what you're explaining this morning, it does make sense and everybody's entitled to their annual leave. Uh, but this went under the radar. I mean, from 2017, 2018, doctors have been warning this would happen in Bantry. It's happened now. And I mean, back in 2013, 2014, uh, maybe further when uh, James Riley uh, was the health minister, I remember here we were having screaming matches with him and his PR people because at that stage they were trying to change the operation of Bantry. I mean, are we back to that now again? Absolutely. And, and this should have happened, you know, yesterday. No, it was too late. It's but way too late. Having, having said that, um, since we came into government in uh, uh, June, July last year, uh, you know, we have put steps in place where we have recruited. Um, and we set up a, a recruitment process to recruit extra consulting positions. They will be starting at the end of August and September, where we'll be going from three consultant positions, or two now at the moment, up to 5.5. That should, and it is my great hope that that should uh, lead to a situation where what's happened over the week and over the weekend and the situation that Deputy Collins has described there um, won't happen again. But you're right, this should have happened a long time ago uh, and, and the situation should never got to this. But I will say, because of COVID and because these staff have run themselves into the ground in doing the right thing for the people of Ireland and, and protecting lives, um, you know, we've, we've led to a, a perfect storm where people are on annual leave and we can't recruit consultant positions. So I understand why that's happened, but it's right, it should never have come to this. And Michael mentioned there regarding if this happened in Dublin, there would be public outcry. I mean, you know, you're from Clonakilty. Do you feel this is downgrading and quite disgusting to think that people in the far out areas of West Cork and other areas are, are left like this and left with a service like this? It, it wouldn't happen in the capital or in the eastern areas of this country, like Louth or Meath. I, I, I must say the services in Bantry General Hospital are phenomenal. I really, they are, but I, we're not, we're not, I, I, we're, I'm not arguing that they're not phenomenal. They are, but it's not fair that the public are being treated by this way, uh, having the admissions closed there and having to travel to COH. It would not happen in other areas of the country. I mean, surely you find that uh, d- disregarding to people in the area. I mean, you're, you're from Clonakilty. You absolutely. must find this a bit downgrading uh, and just quite disgusting, as I mentioned earlier, for, 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 for West Cork people to have this happen again and again and again. And this conversation we keep happening are having every four years. Yeah, it, there's, it's been a, a recurring theme, I suppose, within uh, the department that they simply do not recognise the huge geographical spread of West Cork. And why don't they? As Michael said there, you're, 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 you're talking about an area out as far as Dursey Island, and the Dursey Sound, um, all the way sometimes as far east as, as Kinsale. It's an absolute huge geographical area. Huge, but why don't I, they I'm, get that? I'm, 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 I'm getting that point across. I'm trying to get that point across, which is why We've pushed for extra extra recruitment of consultant positions. Um, you know, I, I, we've been government, as I said, since uh, summertime last year. And as soon as we did, we got in, we, we began this consultation, um, or this recruitment process for extra consultants. There's a lot more work to do. At every uh, at every step, we must protect 24-hour acute emergency access in Bantry. And I'm still working on that. I'm still working on that with, with Stephen Donnelly to, to ensure uh, that we protect and we save that and we keep that so that by the time that this term finishes, that that, that service is still there. Uh, and trust me, John Paul, I'm from Clannacilty, born and bred in West Cork. I attended the public meetings in Bantry. I'm, I'm getting the phone calls and emails from constituents in relation to Bantry. I know how important it is. It's my job and Deputy Michael Collins' job as well to ensure that we make sure the HSC, the Minister and all relevant officials understand that as well.
And finally, briefly, Michael Collins, do you, when you hear Christopher there regarding the recruitment and that there will be a, a five or five point five, five and a half uh, a consultants operating within Bantry, I presume when you say a half, Christopher, that they'll be shared within other areas of the health yeah, service. So, so there's, there's just, just clarify that there's three existing um, consultant positions. Uh, one, uh, the two at the moment because of one has uh, been missing for unavoidable reasons and personal reasons, which we can't go into. But there's, there's three, three more will be, be recruited over the course of August, September. But one of those positions, I understand the shared. So that brings it to five okay. So, so Michael, listening to that, I mean, does that bring some hope? Well, that's what's been told to me um, at, the, at the beginning of this crisis when I heard it on last Tuesday morning um, that, that in September we would have new consultants joining uh, coming to Bantry General Hospital. The bottom line is, is, is John Paul. The Minister's aware of this for seven days and has absolutely done nothing. Absolutely nothing. There's no point in saying he has. He has done absolutely nothing. The other issue here is I'm not, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what Deputy O'Sullivan is saying, but there's certain things I don't agree with. And I, I don't want to point the finger on the pandemic being the issue here, because in 2018, this was a crisis. We're in 2019, 2021, three and a half years later, and we still have the same crisis. And there should have been a plan in place. And we need to know from the minister right at the top, why was there no plan in place? This is always been raised in the doll. This has always been a crisis before the people and we shouldn't have found ourselves in the same situation as we yeah. find out. Yeah, very true. And, and very briefly, Christopher, on that, when you were speaking to the health minister, did he say why it's taken so long to even look at a locum and why he's left Bantry in this situation for the last seven days? No, he, we, we spoke about the urgency of the current situation and he had um, he, he had been briefed about the situation and the, he'd also been briefed on the a recruitment process that wasn't placed to recruit. Um, well, at the moment, what they're looking for is, and um, Minister explained to me, they're looking for two um, locum uh, consultant positions in the very short term because, listen, we can't go through the month of August uh, running on the the up service that we have in place. Uh, so that's where we are at the moment. Uh, look, he had he, he I, I, I'm 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 sure by speaking to him and and I've stressed him the urgency that he will do everything he can to ensure that we return to normal service as soon as possible OK I have to leave it there guys I I must go to news at 11 and I have to leave it there my thanks to both of you uh, Fianna Fáil Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan Independent uh, Deputy for Cork South West and Michael Collins Uh, we'll I'm sure be following this story closely over the next number of days but thanks to you both for joining us this morning Uh, your views are welcome Uh, where do we go from here 1850-333-103 again I think it's the conversation regardless of what's happening with Covid we're having every four or five years when it comes to hospitals like Bantry and Mallow a lot of calls and comments in there good morning to you John Paul McNamara until one with the Cork Today show and our lines are open 1850-333-103 Burnley taking your comments and you can text on WhatsApp 0862-103-103 very shortly we're going to hear a report that looks at how older people felt that they were just cancelled during the height of the COVID-19 crisis we'll be speaking with a member of Active Retirement Ireland and also we're going to hear about songs from the Blackwater it's an open air music event taking place at Mallow Castle this month we'll hear about that and indeed at the knock on effect that has happened with the music industry because of Covid and no live music and many musicians still hoping live music will return uh, in some shape or form. And it is slowly but surely, mainly outdoors, but it is. And, and that's what's happening here with the songs for the Blackwater events that they are hoping to get more local musicians in place in the Mallow area so they can perform again. And that will be then uh, something that will hopefully go ahead elsewhere across the county. So we'll hear from that between now and midday. And later on in the show, Joe Heffernan, our regular show counsellor, will be joining us as we discuss the benefit of laughter 
that and more to come on Cork Today between now and one plus. Would you like more bank holidays we'll also discuss that on the show but back to what we were discussing before 11 this is regarding Bantry General Hospital and admissions still not being accepted in the hospital at the moment this is due to annual leave and as staff as we mentioned are entitled to that there's nobody to replace them something that has been spoken about a lot over the last three or four years and now what has been spoken about has come to fruition where we're left with no admissions in Bantry we're inundated with calls from people who had to travel to CUH over the weekends and can we just say for the staff the paramedics the ambulance crew those in Bantry Hospital who are working those in South Dock in Bantry those within CUH the fantastic work they are doing because they're the ones who were left to deal with this situation they're the ones who were, uh, some of them transferring the patients to CUH and in CUH then you have the staff there who were under enough pressure and are now facing further pressure because of more people going into that hospital. So first of all, we must commend the staff that are doing the best they can in this situation and the doctors in Bantry for what they are doing. But just a number, and here's just some of the calls and comments we got in regarding Bantry Hospital. A massive response to this and people just are raged to think that this again is happening and, and calls from all over the county uh, jury is in Mallow he says to think that this is happening again in Bantry we fought so f- hard in Mallow uh, for the retention of our hospital and jury feels that so many in the Department of Health and various health ministers over the years uh, did try and downgrade Mallow Hospital thankfully uh, as best we could people fought in the area and it was a tough battle uh, but we got there in the end but still we would like further services in Mallow but we're still fighting here uh, jury says for our services the very best of luck to Bantry says Jerry in Mallow on 1850 while Helen on WhatsApp to 0862103103 says as you're speaking there about the terrible situation Helen says in the Bantry area and what they had to endure over the August bank holiday weekend when it came to trying to get into Bantry Hospital and no admittance happening there still and this leads then to an overflow effect on the GPs and the surrounding areas of Bantry. What if we recall what's happening nationally says Helen. Where is all the overspend gone with the delivery of a new children's hospital for the country? A sheer disgrace what a fraction of that wasted money would have done for Bantry and so many more hospitals with the same status as Bantry around the country. Ah, the capital, says Helen. Who was in charge? Who was accountable? Are remote places like Bantry just not worth it? Not enough votes? Shame on another bad service in rural Ireland from our health service, the HSC and the Department of Health. Whoever, we don't like it here in rural Ireland. We are getting enough of shoddy treatment. Uh, says Helen on WhatsApp to 0862103103. Heidi says, Morning JP, I think this treatment we are subjected to by the HSC with regards to Bantry Hospital is just not good enough and it's not a good enough service for the people of West Cork. We rely on hospitals when we live in rural areas and we are entitled to a good service. The way we are being treated is just outrageous. Uh, Heidi says thank God for the likes of Deputy Michael Collins he's fighting for us we need now all our local TDs to fight for our local hospital we should all be emailing or writing to the health minister to voice our concerns and views Heidi also says we should protest now or lose it Uh, she feels all you get from Christopher O'Sullivan is excuses is this because uh, of this and it's because of that but years down the line still it's the same old situation it's not good enough why did the health 
health minister intergovernment it's just not fair treatments uh, wherever you live in Ireland it should be all the one says Heidi uh, while Henry says how long will we stick Fianna Fáil and Michael Martin in power every time they are in power Bantry Hospital gets cuts if they can't figure out annual leave and retirement in the health service well where do we go that's just no excuse says Henry while Eilish is in Skibbereen she got her blood done in the clinic in Skibbereen every month but she says they are now sent to Bantry Hospital but she says because of what's going on there you now need to see a specialist to order them uh, so that's delaying blood results says Alish in Skibbereen while Jerry in Bantry says was there any sign of the top brass in Bantry last night they were in Skibbereen for the homecoming and the RTE cameras jury saw an ambulance being turned away from Bantry Hospital on Saturday night and the crew there had to travel to Cork uh, with the patient in the ambulance's jury in Bantry. And Michael O'Sullivan in Castletown on WhatsApp says, Hi JP, having the greatest sympathy for any sick person or otherwise travelling two hours or more in a road ambulance regardless to what hospital it is, it is nothing short of an execution of a death warrant but not alone being seriously ill to be in the ambulance in the first place you have to tolerate all the turbulence you get from the road conditions then the traffic the lorries, the tractors, especially from the Beira Peninsula. I'm strongly in favour of a second air ambulance, which is specially designated to the peripheries of Cork and Kerry. Leave the road ambulance to the short local runs. We have to move forward. Time is of the essence in many cases, as we all know. Bantry Hospital is outstanding in hospital care, but has not got the capacity to handle serious and really serious illnesses. From the tip of the Beira Peninsula to Bantry by Rouge to the hospital in Bantry is an hour and you will be well shook up by then even with the greatest attention from our brilliant paramedics says Michael on WhatsApp in Castletown Bear to 0862103103 just some of the calls and comments coming in regarding the issues in Bantry Hospital we will stay on top of that story and also hopefully touch base with doctors over the course of the next day or so as well who are extremely busy at the moment and under pressure but just to get their perspective as well we have heard from them uh, who have worked so hard over the weekend uh, and put in extra hours just to ensure that patient safety is to the fore uh, but still we're frustrating for them having to send people uh, to Cork rather than their local hospital and uh, Helen is in Mallow says it's just awful to think that we're discussing this issue again why oh why can those that make the decision in Dublin realise the geographics of Cork? You put it to Deputy O'Sullivan earlier in fairness he could only do what he can do but at the same time the Department of Health can they not just get a map out and look at Cork and realise how big an area we have if you're travelling from Rock Chapel to the city it's a massive journey as it is from Beira to the city why can they not see that every time someone asks we don't get an answer says Helen in Mallow on 1850-333-103 Michal was on to us earlier regarding the online portal now open for those who got their digital search but your name was different or spelled a different way than it is on your passport he tried to go on the portal he put in his details but it did not work for him so he's wondering if others had luck well a number of people have been on to us who had had luck including this person on WhatsApp who says both my daughter and I went onto the portal over the weekend my daughter did because her name was 
misspelt and I did because I did not receive my certificate. We went through the process online and we got a replying saying our certs will be issued within five days. Uh, so well that's hopeful anyhow. It did work for that person and others have come back with similar messages. So for Hall, maybe uh, to give it a try again. Not too sure what your situation was but for uh, that person there and others likewise who have gone on uh, they've got an email back saying that everything will be sent to them within five days. Uh, maybe if you come back to us after the five days and let us know uh, when you receive the search so then we officially know uh, that that system is working the only way we'll know is if we communicate with each other and somebody like yourselves there will have tried out the system and when you get the certs in we'll know they work so uh, Michal maybe worth it retrying again and we'll see if those people get their certs within the five days as they have been told and a big response to our chat with the Roars earlier Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy a number of people saying great to hear them on the show this morning uh, what really modest guys they are a real uh, insight to how hard they have worked uh, says Monica while Jim says great to hear Fintan and Paul this morning on the programme they've worked so hard for this and they're real role models for those uh, coming through uh, the Olympics and indeed coming through the rowing I suppose really uh, ranks over the next number of years hopefully would have more uh, rowers going to the Olympics over the next uh, number of years I'm sure we'll still have uh, Paul Fintan and the likes doing that as well Emily and so many more but uh, thank you indeed and it is great to see because from our perspective here at the radio station uh, we're involved with the Celtic Ross Hotel West Cork Sports Star Awards so we would uh, be dealing in the West Cork region a lot with sports stars like Paula Donovan like Gary O'Donovan, like Fintan McCarthy, like Emily and so many more that we have met and over the last year and a half we've been doing the awards online uh, they're, they're run with the hotel the Celtic Ross, the Southern Star and ourselves here at C103 and we really enjoy doing the awards and the reason is you're meeting uh, people like Fintan, we did an I don't know, was it four or five years ago we had Fintan in the hotel and he was a young rower and, you know, he was achieving uh, things at a young age and now we see him winning gold for Ireland at the Olympics. So it's just fantastic to be on a journey with people who you meet at, at the youth award stage at 15, 16 and then they progress up the line and you interview them maybe every obviously we're there for the banquet every year but you, you wouldn't have the same winners or the same uh, teams there every year so you might meet them every second year or every third year uh, depending on what they win and to see them and meet them and watch them grow and then watch them grow in sport and to watch them ending up in this situation, it's just fantastic. And the enjoyment we get from watching all our Olympians progress, it's just fantastic. So we're just so happy and delighted for them and everybody, all our Olympians in Cork and how well they are doing and indeed across the country in Tokyo. 1850-333-103, our lines are open and you can text or WhatsApp 86 103 103 Jobs. And on today's job spot, we have opportunities which include Foley's Food Store in Ballydehine in Mallow. They require deli assistance and shop assistance. You can email your CV to ilona at live.ie. A shop supervisor is wanted for Centra in Glanmire. Send your CV to adrian at grandons.ie. And school bus drivers are wanted for the Skibbereen, Ross Carberry, Baltimore, Ballady Hub and Skull areas. Call 87 for further details. You'll get these jobs and more online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash job. An alliance of some of the country's most prominent organisations for the elderly in a new report felt older people in society were cancelled during COVID-19. 
Margaret Hopkins is from Active Retirement Ireland and joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Margaret. Thank you very much, John, for highlighting this and shining a light on it. I do appreciate that. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, this is a report involving a number of organisations, including Active Retirement Ireland. And something we heard here over the last year was people who just told us that they just lost confidence. And this was due to the ongoing lockdowns and just... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com not getting to see others such as family and friends. Yes, absolutely. And Active Retirement Ireland, and I'm part of that. I, I took on, like, just when the lockdown happened, I took on to be chairperson of four counties in the northeast region. And then <laughs> I never even got to see my committee, but I very quickly had to learn Zoom. I was forced into <laughs> learning, and it turned out to be a wonderful thing. I watched men's beards grow, and I watched women's hair turn grey. <laughs> All the colours disappeared and I turned, I changed my hair purple so that nobody would be stereotyping me as old. But our members have missed the connection. Like there's a wonderful woman called Benny Brown, Professor Benny Brown in America, and I've read all her books. And she said her research shows that humans are hardwired for connection. And when that connection was lost during all the lockdowns, people really and truly felt very isolated and and even myself, and I'm 66 and I would always have prided myself on being very outgoing and very independent. I felt old for the first time. Someone else was doing my shopping and, you know, I I was told to cocoon and stay in and self-isolate and I do it. It was lovely for a while. I did lots of knitting and painting and different things, but I, I wore, I got very tired of it very quickly and now I would love to be able to go back out and meet my friends in Active Retirement Ireland and do the stuff that we're good at because we're a friendship organisation, organising outings and going on day trips. And you mentioned then, there, Margaret, when you said you felt old. Was that because of the, the words and the terminology used when we were at the height of the lockdowns? Well, suddenly somebody else was doing stuff for me without me and uh, they knew best and I was to just be a good little girl and just do what I was told. It was all for my own good and someone else knew better and I did bow to the to the better uh, 
people in Neffet and, and those who were doing their level best. But it, it got very tiring now coming into the second year and not seeing family and people who were bereaved and had lost loved ones. They were taken away in ambulances. I have some terrible cases where one man over 60 years married. His wife just went in an ambulance. He didn't realise that he would never see her again. And it was the first time in his life he never told her he loved her and he never got to say goodbye. That's tragic. And that's only one of many, many horrible things that have happened that we don't know the repercussions of. Oh, that's so sad to hear that, Margaret. It's really well, sad in that man. Case. In, um, one of the organisations that compiles the alliance is the Alzheimer's Association. And that's a, a case study from there. That's one of their phone line experiences. And it is something that a lot of people told us during the height of the the, the pandemic was the end of life end of life wishes that people had. Yeah. I mean, that they were not sought and they were not honoured. Now we can understand why that was the case in the height of the pandemic, but still, it was over to think that people would have wanted their end of life to happen in a different way, and that just did not happen for them. Oh, that 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 has to be one of the most tragic parts of it but I mean we have to be we have to make allowances this is a pandemic this is unprecedented none of us ever thought we would ever live through something like this the Spanish flu was the last pandemic and it affected older people more so than younger people because a lot of them are vulnerable and, and had reduced health and had health issues but a lot of us were very active out volunteering and leading active full lives and <sighs> It was really very, very difficult and very hard to come back from. You do lose your confidence. People who hadn't driven in two years suddenly were wondering, will they be made to take a test again? Will they be allowed to drive again? Especially those who lived out in rural areas. Yeah, it's the what you were used to doing every day was taken away more, more than likely from a lot of people. And as you mentioned, the road driving is one big issue that people are fearing when they're going back on the roads. And the fact that people, I don't know if you noticed this, Margaret, but on the roadways, people are more aggressive. I mean, I thought COVID, people will come out the other side and we'll be all being kind to each other and happy. It's it's gone the other way. Do you think it's gone the opposite way than what I thought would be anyhow? Oh, gosh. Well... I don't know what roads you're driving on, but up here in the northeast, we're very courteous. Right. And, <laughs> and nobody sits on your tail at all trying to overtake oh, them. No, no, we never come across. I'm only joking. Of course, no. I think there's just a pressure on everyone, and some people have, have reacted aggressively. But you look, I know older people may not work, drive as fast as those sitting behind them might like. And I don't particularly like being stuck behind someone in third gear all the way on a bendy road but that's something older people have to address and um, they will they will in time but isn't it wonderful to see them out and about and not costing the country money they're aging at home which is what that um, research has thrown up we want three big things we want to be able to age at home which the government aspires to and it costs less mm. because really nursing homes are not the way forward Countries have ditched that now as, and COVID has shown that up as you would have been safer in jail. It's, it's terrible to think. We want a government champion, someone that has a brief across all departments, not just lumping us in with health and social security. We want planning. We want housing, transport, broadband connections. We want to be an integral part of society because I must caution people, in five years' time, 20% of the Irish population will be in the senior bracket. So we're championing on behalf of others coming behind us. 
Yeah, and you mentioned there regarding the nursing home situation. I mean, that really did stand out over the last year and a half or so. Families waving via pane of glass to their loved ones and physically not able to touch their loved ones. And we heard stories here of of parents passing away in a nursing home and people looking in the window uh, at their passing because they physically could not be with them. I mean, you know, those scenes were just awful. Uh, And I think a lot of people would look at the future now rather than sending parents and some families have no option. I mean, it depends where you're living. It depends on your own circumstances. It depends on the health of a person. But uh, on this report, there is an option on, on doing things differently. Well, this is it. We would be very silly people, and I don't believe the Irish are. I think we're very clever people, and for such a little country, we've achieved so much in so many areas of life. We learn from this if we want to, and I think we do. People have, older people that were in people's lives, the grannies and grandas that looked after children, that helped financially, that, that used to, were somewhere you could always get a lovely welcome always be welcomed those people and spent loads of money in society we in active retirement ireland we organize trips we organize holidays we spend money locally we have the great dollar and we spend it and they haven't been able to do that and people are beginning to realize well they're missing and we have the government have a lovely report ireland aging better and they have in it this 15 minute community aspiration for town planning we would love that, but in all their drawings, you see mothers with little buggies. You don't see a grand holding the hand of a little child. We're not in that. We're not even visually in it, and that's ageism. That's how people are being shown to think about us, stereotyping us. I mean, if somebody sees a grey head, there's assumptions made immediately that you're dim and forgetful and you'll be slow and you'll be trouble. But I dyed my hair purple, so let somebody make an assumption about me now. I mean, I, I have natural Botox called fat but uh, <laughs> so I, I loved that idea that nobody could immediately assume what age I was or what bracket I fitted into But do you feel and Ireland's become a very ageist country? Thing. I trained as a fit line instructor because I have to admit I did sit a lot I watched a lot of Netflix and YouTube and I got very fat <laughs> It's easy to get fatter when you're fat and I said I have to do something with my fitness but all my activities were all linked to my active retirement involvement. Played indoor bowls, pickleball, walking, meeting up with friends, doing things and suddenly it was left to me and I wasn't terribly self-motivated but Fitline helped because now I'm a mentor and I ring people every fortnight and check with them and one man said to me, he says, I used to love the my hours, my mile walk but he says they took away the seats. This is whoever took away the seats. Mm. He can't do it now. His knees are killing him because he has nowhere to rest. Like that was an unintended action by, but it does discriminate against older people who need to sit down regularly. It does, and that's putting him off now going for his walk and, and being active. So he's losing out on that. Absolutely. But that was not, I'm sure that wasn't fully thought through. So there's a lesson. More seats everywhere. If you if you if you don't trust us to social distance on a bench, put a single seat. You know, but yeah. think. And would you, when you look at, you mentioned there are various things across the country and you mentioned pictures of, of grey hair and all of that. Do you think Ireland is becoming an ageist country that we, it is a country focused just now on young people and if you look at 50 plus that it's it's something the country doesn't really want. Do you think we're gone that way or are we not as bad as other countries? Um, no, Ireland has always been a lovely place to be old because a bit like the 
Spanish. We, we, family is huge. Family is very important to the Irish. And grandparents are part of that family unit, and thank goodness. And the more we're part of them, but extended families living close, that isn't, that's a luxury now. One of my daughters is in France. I haven't seen her in two years. She's home for a week. I, I didn't see her while she was pregnant or when she had the newest baby. So that was tragic and that was hard. But thank goodness for technology and FaceTime and it didn't feel so bad. But it, that was tragic. So families are not close anymore. They physically can't be. They have to follow their job. That I know we have to follow. Econ- economics is very, very important. But there isn't just one side to economics, the earning of the income. It's spending money better. Mm. Keep older people at home and give them the supports they need. And they cost an awful lot less as they get older. And they don't get as sick if they're involved in social activities in organisations like Active Retirement Ireland. True. And, and for yourself, Margaret, before I let you go, I mean, you, you are involved with Active Retirement, as you said. You've had a busy uh, few months uh, in your role. But you mentioned that your daughter and other aspects of your life. How did you find things yourself uh, 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 personally over the last number of months? I mean, I was speaking to you Friday and you were busy in your garden and you were, it was a raspberries, I think you were looking after at that stage. <laughs> I mean, is this, is, did that keep you going over the months where not much else was happening, but also you must have missed your family? Well, I'll give you an example. In the early part of the first lockdown, my husband has skin cancer because his immune-suppressed drugs he's on have given him skin cancer because he had a heart transplant this seven years. And thank goodness it's the, it's the price of him being alive. But I had to bring him for seven weeks, every single day of the week, to Dublin for radio treatment. And that was a huge stress on me because I was so afraid and it was surreal on the road with nobody on the motorway and the M50 with nobody on it and that was all feeding into my anxiety and my my fear and then I began to manifest symptoms like heart trouble because I have a heart condition and I have the 90 and a 50% blockage but the scent is in the 90 blockage and I was convinced there was trouble in my heart I got an angiogram, not bother on me, all anxiety and I thought my god if that could do that to me, who would normally be resilient and be outgoing and whatever, what is it like for people, other people? Like, if I just got a glimpse into what anxiety can do to you over a prolonged period, it's dangerous. That's why I, I decided to look out not in and train as a FitSign instructor and start being a bit more proactive. You know, take responsibility for myself. Yeah, true. And how is your husband now? How is he doing? Oh, he's dead. The cancer's ongoing. Like, it's not going to go away anytime mm. soon because the drugs he's on that are keeping him alive are giving us much. So, so far now, the seven operations he's had during COVID, the last two, now, thank goodness, were showing better results. Well, that's good. But as you say, a lot of pressure on you at a time when there's but not much support out there. Older. It's all part of being alive. Yeah, well, you're, you're a remarkable woman, Margaret, and you, you've helped so many other people despite what you're going through there yourself uh, at home. You're so good to other people in your area there. And indeed, are all the active retirement groups right across the country. We thank you for taking time out this morning to chat with us about this report and we wish you very well in the future. Thank you so much.
Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. That is a lovely lady, isn't she? Margaret Hopkins uh, from Active Retirement Ireland on that report on what many people were saying right across the pandemic that we heard here as well, that they were just, they felt they were cancelled. Uh, many of them, older people, felt they were cancelled out uh, during the pandemic and from the older age group to the younger age group and a report that has come out across the weekend that shows a dramatic increase in the proportion of younger people in this country who feel they are lonely. Uh, and this was reported during the pandemic but also as we as we come out of things in the last month or so young adults uh, feel that not only here in Ireland but across the EU and these are aged between the age of 18 and 25 uh, that during the first few months of the coronavirus outbreak in 2020 uh, they had a similar feeling of loneliness but that continued up to this very day uh, whereby they haven't met people or maybe uh, the confidence issue that Margaret spoke about there of going out and meeting people again a lot of people feel after a day's work that no they're tired they're done and the idea of going out now and meeting someone for a coffee or for a drink just isn't for them anymore so uh, as we've heard there from Margaret on the uh, older generation side it's also something hitting the younger generation anyhow maybe you're in that thought like um, Margaret said there are like those young people after a day's work you just don't want to go meet people anymore because things something you would have done all along but because of the lockdowns uh, things have changed and people just are thinking differently your views are welcome 1850-333-103 our lines are open you can text or whatsapp Oh, it's You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103 Songs from the Blackwater is a day of open-air music to take place in Mallow Castle on Sunday, August 15th. It's to aid local singers in the Mallow area, many who were unable to perform for over a year. Keith Woodgate, a local musician, is behind this and joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Keith. How are we doing, John Paul? All good? I'm fine, thanks. And thanks for joining us. I mean, for you and many others, it's been a tough year and a bit at this stage, trying to live with no work and then doing what you all love doing best, performing. Yeah, it's been crazy. 508 days out of work for all of musicians and performers and entertainers. And it's not only you, Keith, it's the singers and engineers and all the backroom team as well who keep everything going. Uh, Just making the point that when we were discussing the situation with music, we all think of the guys and girls who were on stage singing. A lot of people forget about those in the background, the truck drivers, the the riggers, those who were putting up the lights, those who were sitting in the, the desk in front of the stage mixing the music. A lot of those people got forgotten about over the last number of years also. And that's why they're organising uh, items like this so that those people can be recognised as well uh, Keith is, is back with us there just making the point Keith not just the singers everybody in the background team as well uh, was affected by this and not only affected monetary wise but mentally Yes it's, it's been very 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 hard as I said nearly 17 months out of work for us all and look slowly but surely we're trying to get back into it and hoping that it'll all open up for us and this is why you now and others have come up with this idea to make the music alive again. Tell us about organising something like this. It's been tough. Been tough, a lot of paperwork and everything, but we're lucky to have the Cork County Council behind us and the Department of Culture getting behind us to give us a little bit of funding. Um, and the purpose of the funding is to pay musicians and entertainers and rigging crew and everything and to get something going in the townland. 
And for yourself, I mean, you're involved in this. There are a number of other local artists like Hank Waddell and Johnny Bongos and so many others. But for the likes of yourself, uh, when was the last time you had a, a gig? Um, as I said, I think 508 days ago. And where was 14th, that? 14th of March in Dublin. 14th of March um, last year in Dublin. And how much would you have gigged on average, go by a month? How, how many live gigs would you have performed? By a, a month, I couldn't tell you, but I know I do about 200 a year. So... Oh, that's a lot and mm. when you take that out then and you're used to going and organising and as I said there's a, a lot of work involved in, in these gigs behind the scenes I mean you take all that away uh, how, how did you feel during the first lockdown people were kind of you know getting used to it and as, as Margaret mm. said earlier on the phone it was a novelty at first but then the second yeah. one comes and the third one comes how do you feel in that situation from someone who's on stage and gets a buzz from being on stage it, look it was a kick in the stomach and mentally it was very very hard because Every time there seemed to be a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, it was taken away from us, you know? And this is what we're... I'm at this over 20 years. I get up on a stage, I do what I do. I'm there to try and cheer people up and entertain them and make them forget about their problems. But here's me, you know, being affected by things like this. And, you know, I'm like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to cheer people up? How am I, you know... And how am I going to pay my bills, more importantly... So a tough few, not only a few months, a tough year so mentally so for yourself and others and, yeah. and, and not only mentally, as you say, they're trying to pay the bills as well. Um, and coming up with something like this then, I mean, is this one of the reasons you're hopefully that if you get one gig underway like this, it will open up the industry on an outdoor basis? That's, that's what we're hoping and that's why we have the Cork County Council and the Department of Culture behind us and helping us out with this. So, you know, going forward, we're allow, only allowed 200 people at this at the mm. moment due to covid and and fair enough, we we want a, a safe environment for everybody to come and enjoy with the music because people are starved. But yeah, if we can get this and show that we can do this safely, then why can't we have other events down the line and open up um, the music and entertainment industry, you know? And would you be hopeful of something like this, uh, which you're organising this year, Songs from the Blackwater, that it could become an annual event? That's what I'm really hoping for. I, I would love to have a two or three day festival in Mallow next year with very, very big acts, you know, a Friday, Saturday and Sunday down the castle, uh, three different nights of three different styles of music to cater for everybody and also still use local artists, you know, play to play before the bigger artists. Yeah, and you incorporate the local music scene yeah. with others. And we've seen that happening in Mitchellstown with Independence over the years and also yes. in Bandon with the Bandon Music Festival. So if other towns are doing it successfully, then why not Mallow? Yeah, exactly. Like... When I was a teenager growing up, and I'm sure everyone remembers there, you had um, the Mallow Folk Festival and the Rakes of Mallow Festival, and that they were the highlights of the year in town. And it's just great to have something, if we can get something going again, for people to look forward to year after year in the towns, to help out all the businesses, the musicians, you know, the hotels, the bars, the restaurants, and just for something for people to go to. Yeah, and those every town has a festival or had a festival like that. Unfortunately, mm. that they, they disappeared over the years. But maybe from everything negative that has happened over the last year, the positive out of this could be towns like Mallow and like others in the area uh, could have these type of festivals making a comeback again. And I think I think you hit the nail right in the head there. Um, it's something we've all had to rethink things, you know, in our industry. And 
towns have to, you know, think about, well, what have we got for people? What, what do we offer to people to bring them to town? And what do we have for the locals? So, you know, I think there's a, a bigger sense of community. I think people are, are looking after each other. Businesses have been looking after each other. And so I think it's become more about the town and the community. So going forward, I think, yeah, let's have festivals. Let's have, you know, let's all help each other out. Yeah, true. And, and hopefully that will happen right across the county. I mean, the tickets now you're saying there, there was 200 allowed at the yeah. moment. That may increase. We'll have to see what the government's come up with next week by way of an update officially. Uh, tickets, they are on sale. Have you, have you good news? Are they they're going fast? They're sold out. It's sold out yesterday. Fantastic. That is great news. Sold out yesterday. That's great. I don't know if we can get another few tickets out. We'll have to see. But at the moment, with the 200, completely sold out. And listen, it's fantastic that the community got behind us. It is. It's um, really good that they got behind us. It is. And hopefully now, as I said, we'll know next week that 200 may go to 500. And if it is, uh, we'll we'll call out that tickets will be on sale locally. But it is fantastic to think that 200 tickets gone for this event. Uh, And hopefully, hopefully events like this will become the norm like they were many years ago. And not only in Mallow, but in different towns across the county. Keith, thanks for joining us this morning. The best of luck to yourself and the best of luck with the event. Take care. Thanks so much. Take care. That is uh, Keith Woodgate there on the songs from the Blackwater Music Festival taking place in Mallow Castle, August 15th. Tickets sold out for the moment with 200 people allowed. Uh, We are due to hear next week about the government guidelines, maybe this week, if things will change um, to 500. And when we get the official word on that, we will let you know. And those tickets, if it does go to 500, will be available uh, locally in the area. 1850-333-103. Alliance are open. You can text or WhatsApp 086. 2103103 and I have a few texts in one from Pat in Mallow who says Hi JP isn't it great to see a soul sign on the Central Hotel just wondering what the plan is for that area now well Initially, the plan was a hotel. Then it was changed. I think it was apartments at one stage they were looking to change it into with a kind of um, an outdoor area there as well. In recently, the just before, I think it was March of this year, maybe, uh, there was plans for the area there where the central hotel was uh, to redevelop the whole area. That would include demolishing the existing structure. And then they were going to replace that with what was described earlier this year of a new hotel and they were going to have retail and then also residential units uh, would be over uh, that development uh, so a mixture of apartments and retail uh, the hotel if that is still the plan I'm not too sure but certainly retail and residential are part of the plan for there anyhow there was also talks then of a rooftop terrace uh, which would tie nicely to the way outdoor dining is going at the moment regardless of COVID or not I think people uh, if the weather is good do enjoy uh, outdoor dining again all depends on weather uh, but a top floor restaurant with a rooftop terrace was also uh, marked in the planning for that but I do know that the retail residential was more or less set in stone when it came to that maybe it has changed that was how things were going to go in in March of this year Uh, we're now in August so things could have changed in uh, the number of months in between but Pat and Mallow and others who say uh, great to see a soul sign on the Central Hotel in Mallow and Pat for all we know they are the plans at the moment as I say it could change uh, but whatever happens anyhow it'll be a welcome development for the town of Mallow 1850 333 103 lines open you can text or WhatsApp 086 
0818-862-103-103. Cork today right through until 1. John Paul McNamara in for Patricia across the week and Bernie taking your comments on 1850-333-103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can tweet us as well this afternoon at C103 Cork and Nick Richards along from 1 playing the best of Cork's greatest hits but between now and 1 as we're just after a bank holiday weekend would you like another one or maybe another three well people before profit they want to add three more bank holidays to the Irish calendar and we're going to chat with TD their TD Paul Murphy on that idea Uh, would you welcome the bank holidays the extra ones we are the lowest in Europe when it comes to bank holidays many of you would I'm sure Uh, maybe not everybody would I see already some people who were involved in business and self-employed like Jake who says I run my own business and I have to make up the wage uh, for every month and obviously budget wages for the year so within that I take out bank holidays so more bank holidays will mean a higher budget and wages for me with less returns says Jake Uh, your views are welcome we'll speak shortly with Paul Murphy on that idea of three more bank holidays that's going to a bill in the Dáil in September Uh, back though to your calls and comments first of all this is on Bantry Hospital and Anne on WhatsApp says regarding what is happening in Bantry and the delays and we heard earlier on this morning uh, from those who went to be admitted to Bantry at the weekend and they had to make the long journey uh, to Cork University Hospital. Uh, Many from the Barra Peninsula, many telling us they had to drive two and a half hours to a three hour car journey to be admitted to the hospital in CUH where they then had to wait for another six or seven hours. Now, it's not the staff's fault in any of the hospitals uh, in, in the, that are mentioning. It's just that they are going to be left with the extra burden while the hospital groups try and sort out what is happening within uh, Bantry Hospital. I mean, would this have happened if there was elsewhere in the country? Many people are saying no. And again, due to annual leave, what we heard earlier when we spoke to Independent Deputy for Cork Southwest, Michael Collins, and also uh, Fianna Fáil Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan, I mean, making the point that that it was annual leave surely when you know there's annual leave you'll make and put plans in place and the plans uh, we're discussing were mentions in 2016 2017 2018 that this would happen it's happened and no plans in place anyhow Anna WhatsApp says I think at this stage the health minister and his staff should resign when they are not capable of doing their job and a job of such importance says Anne on WhatsApp to 0862103103 and Dermot Kelleher who's with the uh, group the ICS say he says that there's only one way to get the hospitals working properly. He feels that every politician's family should be made to use the HSE. Uh, Dermot says that they all, uh, that is the... uh politicians' families, uh, he says they all have private health insurance. If they had to use the ordinary services then they would know about the problems within our health services, Dermot Kelleher of the ICSA. Uh, well on Bantry Hospital you may have heard uh, Barry there in news, a statement we got this afternoon to C103 uh, regarding what is happening and I mean it continues on to say that they confirm that due to staffing challenges that the acute medical assessment unit in Bantry was forced to redirect patients to CUH over the past week. As we know, uh, staff vacancies in Bantry, they are advertised, but at the moment, the hospital has found it difficult to attract suitably qualified personnel to work in Bantry and a number of additional consultants have been secured and they will commence operations next month. That's very similar to a statement we got last week when they again mentioned uh, that it will be September 
when those consultants would start, which means are we left in this situation then in Bantry until September? Are, are you going to be having, are we in a case whereby those who are being admitted to Bantry Hospital from the far out areas of West Cork will have to travel uh, to CUH for the next number of weeks until September comes and those additional consultants are in place in the hospital in Bantry. Anyhow, uh, the statement goes on and it says in the meantime uh, CUH and the South Southwest Hospital Group will continue to support Bantry in the management of patient services. Uh, the statement also says that GPs in the Bantry catchment area that they have been advised of the current situation and that the public are advised to consider alternative care options before attending the medical assessment unit at Bantry General Hospital. They also uh, say that other services including the minor injuries unit in Bantry they are operating as normal uh, but for those who required admission for the uh, assessment unit medically uh, they uh, at the moment unfortunately uh, have been told to consider alternative care options uh, by the HSE and the South Southwest Hospital Group. Uh, so that's the latest when it comes to Bantry Hospital, something I'm sure we'll continue, well, we will continue to discuss uh, over the next week until that situation is resolved because leaving until September could be too late for so many. I mean, they were hopeful that they would have somebody in place by Thursday or Friday uh, so that they could have admissions. But as we're, I mean, that statement says it all. I mean, September is from that. What I'm reading on that anyhow is September. I don't see anybody being put in there before September even though the politicians are being told that they haven't really come out and said that directly uh, we hopefully they will have someone uh, in place in the next few days uh, to also alleviate the pressure on the staff in CUH you know they're busy enough without taking on more uh, patients from other areas of the county and not fear that on people travelling uh, two or three hours from Bantry to get to CUH and other areas of the Bear Peninsula and your views are welcome 1850 333 text or whatsapp 086 I mean, it's degrading, as we said earlier, for people uh, to think that the local hospital service is not in place because uh, of basically, would you call it, you could call it mismanagement, I suppose, by the HSC, the top brass, not locally, but top brass in Dublin if they don't realise the seriousness of this situation it's something we'll as I say continue to get back to on the show uh, can we go to something different and this is Dee in Goleen. good afternoon to you Dee she's having a problem because she's trying to get through on the Covid line to chase up her digital search now when she rings they say please wait and we will put you through to an agent it then goes to an engaged tone so is anyone else having that problem uh, Dee needs to sort this because they need to go uh, travelling uh, unfortunately Dee and uh, or commiserations to you a relative of these is dying uh, so they need to go and visit that relative but are going to find it hard unless they can get their digital cert so if anybody has rung that number in the last few days uh, have you got a way around that or are you ringing today and getting an engaged tone uh, let us know I know people have gone on the online portal and they have been told that they will get their cert within five days but for D uh, five days will be too late so if you have rung today have you got around that engaged tone that D keeps getting or have you rang and got through to someone let us know 1850 is our number and hi to Tom in Mallow Tom was in Donrail Park earlier this morning and he says he heard a deer calling out now to him 
it seemed that the deer was lost outside a fence and could not get back in. So he, Tom tried to find a groundsman, but he had to leave because he had a, uh, his appointment to get a second jab. Uh, so he's wondering, could we get the message out there? Because Tom describes himself as a worried visitor to Donnerell Park. Well, Tom Burney has called Donnerell Park and the OPW on this. They are looking into this. So hopefully uh, they will locate that deer who seemed like he was lost uh, outside the fence in uh, Donnerell Park this morning. But the OPW, we have contacted them and they are looking into that as we speak. And um, Earlier we spoke with Margaret Hopkins from Active Retirement Ireland who feels that a lot of people in this country, especially older people, were forgotten about or cancelled in the last year. Also, she touched on the issue of ageism on that John Infermoy says that any old age pension that was or any old age pensioner that was working and lost their job due to COVID, they did not get the PUP. Their pension, John Fields, uh, should have been brought up to the €350 that everyone else was getting. It was very unfair and it is ageism. Uh, Do you agree with John on that? And there was a lot of people who uh, were at the age whereby they unfortunately lost their job but were not getting the PUP. Uh, Like other people, they were on the state pension but, you know, wasn't brought up to the €350. Should it have been? John Fields, as we discussed and touched on ageism earlier, he feels that was ageism. John and Fermoy, do you agree with him? Text or WhatsApp at 86 And we spoke earlier with the rowers, our gold rowers, uh, who brought gold back from the Olympics in Tokyo. That was Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy. They joined us at the start of the show. They're back home now in Skipperin and a lot of people were passing on congrats to them both and indeed to Emily and to all uh, our Olympians who are in Tokyo. Some still taking part, some will be coming home. And as we mentioned earlier, no luck for Phil Healy from Banaline and Bandon Athletic Club Bush she did herself so proud and did all of us so proud over the last number of weeks I mean she ran so many races yesterday and then again overnight so we really I mean to, to us she's a gold star and a gold winner anyhow she's done so well so our congrats to Phil Healy uh, maybe not getting the medals this time but she's just so fantastic and, and what a great speaker and advocate she is for athletics uh, but so many people want to pass congrats on to all in uh, rowing where Nancy is in Bantry uh, and Nancy says she again passing on congrats she feels sorry for Gary of course Gary didn't qualify this time round but she uh, she feels sorry for him that he missed out on the gold but congrats to Paul and Finton and then Nancy says she thinks that Paul should cut the facial here uh, she says he is a fine looking young fella and if he cuts away the facial hair, it will show his face. So, Paul, if you're still with us and listening, uh, Nancy and Bantry. Not too sure if Nancy takes fancy to you or not, but she reckons you should shave uh, the facial hair and leave your face out. Maybe Trish, the mother, is listening and she might pass on that message. <laughs> Paul. Yeah, you see, all always fans out there are watching Paula Donovan and Finton. Anyhow, uh, Nancy and Bantry, thank you for that to Bernie to 1850 On the way, uh, we're going to hear about why the people before profit want three more bank holidays in the year. The C103 Cork Diary. With the new Explore Cork app, a Cork County Council initiative featuring over 850 places to see and things to do. 
and Castletown Bear Development Association they are holding their tour to town it's going ahead tonight and they're meeting at the rowing club on Danish Island at 7pm helmets must be worn families must cycle together and under 16s must be accompanied by an adult and the McOregan Memorial Motorcycle Run in aid of Pena that will be held on this coming Saturday the 7th of August it's leaving from Butterfint at 12.30 sign-in will be open at 11am in Butterfint Soccer Club and donations are also welcome through their iDonate page and Age Friendly Bandon they are having their drive-in bingo again and it's going ahead on this coming Sunday the 8th of August also on Sunday 22nd of August they have €1,000 in prizes plus a raffle uh, prizes as well on books in each game books cost €10 each and they are available at St Michael's in O'Farrell's in Hickey's and O'Donovan's in Bandon and that drive-in bingo the location is at the Mart site in Bandon this coming Sunday Court today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850-333-103 People Before Profit says a new bill which, if passed, would add three more bank holidays to the calendar to recognise the efforts of workers. The new bill will be brought before the Doyle in September. Um, People Before Profit TD Paul Murphy joins me. Good morning to you, Paul. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for joining us. What dates, first of all, would you be looking at for these bank holidays? Um, So we would say that the the first day of uh, February um, and the first Monday of uh, February and the last Mondays of um, September and November are what we're proposing. Obviously, look, we're, we're, we're flexible about the dates. If they were to be amended, no problem. They'd be kind of the theory behind those dates is that that would mean that we would we'd go from nine bank holidays that we currently have, which is one of the lowest in the EU, to 12, and there would be one bank holiday in every year spreading out. The, the bank holidays throughout the course of the year. And those dates you gave there, they are well spread out and it would fit nicely with the other holidays as well we have in this country. And with everything that has gone on over the last year, do you think workers in every sector really deserve these? We've been through a very difficult time um, where rightly frontline workers understood in a broad sense. So yes, obviously, health workers, those involved in vaccination and um, you know, all of those, but also shop workers, um, uh, transport workers, logistics workers, teachers. You know, people have appreciated the work of all those people who have kept our society uh, going through very difficult times. And about a year ago, it was kind of floated by the government that there would be an introduction of an extra bank holiday. And then that was quietly ditched and forgotten about. So we think there is a need to recognise the, the sacrifice and the work of, of people and there's no better way to do it than to give people a bank holiday. Um, uh, but we also think this is actually just rising a wrong that already exists, where we're right down the table in terms of EU um, bank holidays and, and we're right up at the top of the table in terms of the number of hours worked. So workers in Ireland, on average, work more than 80 hours extra in a year compared to the EU average and almost 120 hours more than the EU 15 average. So uh, workers in Ireland already work two weeks more than the average European worker and almost three weeks more than the average European worker in in one of the wealthier uh, countries. And so this goes some way towards redressing that uh, imbalance for workers. 
Yeah, and workers will agree with you on both counts there, the lack of holidays and indeed how many of us do work more than our counterparts across Europe. I mean, a lot of companies here in Ireland are fantastic when it comes to extra days off, but some would say we're going very Americanized with our holidays in this country, just giving the basic 20 days. So this will be of benefit to a lot of people. But when when we look at the current system of bank holidays, you mentioned there we are the lowest in Europe and the government didn't act on what they promised last year with these bank holidays. Uh, with the, what you're proposing here, do you think this will go through when already what they mentioned did not happen for this year? Well, we'll see. Um, that depends on what sort of pressure they will come under from below. Um, I think undoubtedly look, our proposal for extra bank holidays will be enormously popular. People are currently probably away and they might know that it's almost 90 days until they get another bank holiday in, in Halloween. So I think this would be broadly uh, welcomed by by workers, obviously. Um, I also think that there is a very strong case, and it's one of the things that comes out of the research, is that getting extra bank holidays is worth more than just extra annual leave days um, because because it's coordinated, because most workers get the holiday on the same day and it means people can make a holiday of it, they can go down the country or they can go visiting somewhere. Um, and they can arrange to visit with friends and family and everything else in a way that when you just have an extra annual holiday day, you, you wouldn't necessarily be able to do so. So there's a very, very strong case uh, for it, um, and we need to see what the government will do in response. Um, so far, they haven't kind of said whether they will uh, agree to it or not, but yeah. we'll have to try and keep the pressure up. Very true there regarding holidays. We, we do know the effect a holiday has on a person. Research has shown that if you have a good breakaway when you come back to the workplace, you actually are more productive before you went on holidays. So uh, something like this may in the end be good for employers. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, that there's, um, there's an amount of research in Britain over what the cost or benefit of extra bank holidays is, and it's quite contested. And so there are some academics who make the case that actually extra bank holidays would um, benefit the economy as a whole because you have you know, a splurge of spending over the weekend, increased spending in hospitality, etc. And there are others who say, oh no, it, it damages the economy because then this is the time that workers aren't working. But I, I think what, what those um, studies miss out on is precisely that fact that a well-rested, uh, happy workforce is likely to be a more productive uh, workforce, is less likely to suffer from mental health problems is less likely to be sick. Um, and so even from that point of view, um, I think the argument can be made in terms of the benefits of the, of the extra bank holidays. And as you mentioned there, when people are off, they may go somewhere else in this country, uh, staycationing, and that would be a knock-on effect then for tourism and a boost for the sector. Exactly. I mean, people love their bank holidays, you know, because it's, a, it's an opportunity for people to, to go away and often to visit places that maybe at other times of the year wouldn't have a whole lot of tourism but have a big influx of tourism around a whole series of bank holidays. So if, if we could add on a number of different days, that obviously would be a boost for those uh, areas of the country, um, but also most importantly for those workers who get the chance to enjoy more time uh, with their, their families. Um, and, and it gets to a basic point about you know, reorganising the way work is structured and it's linked to the point I mean, we would favour a four-day week without loss of pay. So giving people more leisure time so that people aren't kind of, um, aren't just living in order to work, but instead are working in order to be able to live, in order to be able to enjoy all aspects of their, their life and without work being the like, 
overwhelmingly dominant team sits on top of them, you know, all of the time. Yeah, so if this does go through, if the bill does pass, how soon could we see these bank holidays come into force? Um, I mean, it depends on how long it would take for, for it to go through the, the door. I, I guess, um, realistically, if we were to bring this in, in in September and the government were to accept it, then probably by 2023 it would be realistic that we could be having these extra bank holidays in place. Um, so it's not it's not immediate, but you know I think we can um, hopefully most of us will still be around to enjoy uh, those in, in 2023. But that obviously requires the government accepting it, which will only happen, I think, on the basis of significant public pressure. So it would encourage people to contact their their local TVs and encourage them to support the bill. Well, I can't see too many people not voting for a bank holiday, but we'll have to wait and see uh, what will happen for the moment, Paul. As I said, many workers agreeing with you on this. Uh, Thanks for joining us on the show this morning. Thank you. So, would you agree? Do you want more bank holidays? Would you be happy with three extra? I mentioned there we are, the lowest in Europe. Well, Jim and Clonacilty on that says, if we get those three days, the extra three bank holidays, will he then be looking for a four and a half day week? What he did mention there about the four day a week, and that is something that people before profit have mentioned, but also the Union Forest have been campaigning for for a number of years at this stage. And in the last two years, they have been actively campaigning campaigning for a four-day week and looking at making our working day four days in this country. Uh, Jim goes on to say the present generation does not want to work. Uh, that's the Jim in Clonakilty, his feelings on that. Uh, while Jerry says, I agree on somewhat with what Paul is saying. I do think workers here do and should have further time off as we seem to be working more in this country now, like our colleagues in America. But we used to never be like that. So I do welcome these extra days. While Tanya says... How can small businesses afford to pay these extra days? They are struggling as it is. People before profit think there are money trees or something in this country because they are not living in the real world, says Tanya on text to 0862103103 on the extra bank holidays. Good idea or bad idea? The majority on text feel it's a good idea uh, anyhow but then uh, there's others who are looking at how this will work and uh, while Jim and Clonacilty is on about the four day a week uh, another text here actually from Eileen who does mention the four day a week while she agrees with the extra bank holidays she says if we then go to a four day a week like they are talking about uh, earlier in the year with these extra bank holidays where then will people be working uh, there'll be more days off in this country than work days Eileen feels well I know in the UK it's quite popular that many industries do uh, have in place four days a week so there will be different the weekend staff would work Friday Saturday and Sunday but that would depend then on the industry you're working in uh, but thank you for your text Aline to 0862103103 also one text regarding Bantry Hospital a texter here says John Paul people just need now to take to the streets regarding Bantry Hospital this is a major crime and here we have a facility that has a helicopter pad it's a brilliant facility for our people but why or oh why have they let this happen and that is something we will be watching over the next 
uh, week or so and I am sure uh, returning to that matter on Bantry Hospital on the show tomorrow. But next, uh, do you like a good laugh? Well, we'll be discussing the benefit of laughter with our regular show councillor Joe Heffernan next. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 103 On the extra bank holidays, John and Cove says, Paul Murphy looking for three more bank holidays. John feels we should have no bank holidays. Uh, John says it would save employers a lot of money and the politicians are robbing the state blind anyway, uh, feels John in Cove. Not too sure how workers feel about that. Many look forward to the bank holiday, but John feels we should have no bank holidays in this country. While Sheila is in Yol and Dean Goline earlier was inquiring regarding the uh, COVID cert line, she was unable to get through to anybody on that line. She needs to uh, travel for uh, a relative who is dying, unfortunately, at the moment and Dee is it just needs to get her cert sorted Sheila is in Yule and the advice Sheila can give is Sheila has been over an hour on hold trying to get onto uh, the Covid cert line her husband's cert arrived three weeks ago but no sign of Sheila's yet now they got the jab on the same day uh, but like so many other people there's no answer as yet uh, from the helpline so Sheila in Yule best of luck with that hopefully uh, you will be able to get through to them at some stage I know there's massive queues there but for people who then need to get through like the uh, you know it's in a situation like this is where do you go if you go online it could take five days if you go on the phone there's no answer or you get that engaged tone and Sheila in Yol waiting over an hour there to get through to the digital Covid cert helpline if anybody has any other ideas we can pass on to D. please do 1850-333-103 and Sheila in Yol best of luck getting your cert also for those who haven't got their cert as yet because we had a few calls last week on this if you're on your email and for those who have Gmail many of these certs ended up in a tab called promotions uh, so if you haven't received your searches yet so many people have rung the helpline and then realised they've looked on the spam folder which they were told to look but many others have looked on either the promotions folder or other tabs that appear you might not set them up but they just appear on your email anyhow uh, people have located their uh, certificate there so just keep an eye out for that as well and from certificates let's go and join our regular show counsellor as we do each and every Tuesday on the show Joe Heffernan good afternoon to you Joe <laughs> good afternoon JP you're keeping yeah, well we'll have to look up promotion <laughs> well, you couldn't make it up you could not make it up and it would only happen here but anyhow we'll, we'll hopefully those people will will get sorted thankfully and it's, it's appropriate you're laughing there because that's what we're discussing today the benefits yeah, of laughter yeah. and I think with everything going on around us we do need to laugh and <laughs> we do I, I suppose, Joe, when we when we all laugh, whether it's with friends uh, laughing at a comedy on TV or something funny that's happening around us, I mean, you know more than others on the psychological effect that it that does have on us uh, and what it brings with it. But you do feel better for some reason. You do. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm sure there was a lot of people laughing last week because um, I was talking to Patricia and mm. I was having a bit of a rant about the fact that the promised uh, air engineer um, uh, promised in two days' time that was now day five and that he hadn't arrived. Bang. The phone went stone dead. I thought, right, the empire strikes back. Anyway, I looked out the window and there was the air engineer up on the pole outside. So I went out anyway and I asked him, I said, I'm doing a live radio bit there. Would you ever reconnect me? 
as fast as you can. And he did. And so... Um, uh, <laughs> a bit of we, Murphy's we, Law there, Joe. <laughs> huh? A bit of Murphy's Law with that. Oh, I mean, how could you time it? <laughs> um, the engineer hasn't arrived. Bang, the phone goes dead. And the engineer is outside up the pole uh, doing the thing. But, um, yeah, you were talking there as well about the certs. Um, yeah. You'd probably know what this is now, but you see, I didn't. Did you, do you know what a CAPTCHA is? CAPTCHA, when it comes to computer, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the I suppose you could call it the cookies and, and stuff there like you that in your, in your computer. Right. So sometimes well, anyway, you need to clear them. I've been in the farm for a, a slight change in my vaccination cert. Mm-hmm. And we were going flying until it came down to the bottom and I had to enter a CAPTCHA. Now, I hadn't a clue what a CAPTCHA was. Oh, I thought well, it was something you might order in a restaurant. Yeah, no, that that can be a security feature then on some of the there websites. That, that's a different thing whereby you would, it would give you yeah. a kind of a load of letters and you would yeah. put in yeah, the it's correct like letters. The thing, it's like the thing, I am not a robot. Yeah, same as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it meant it was the cookies the and clearing cookies. The, the box that I was to copy was blank. So I tried oh. this, I tried that, tried the other thing, finished up, locked out. Anyway, a good end to the whole thing. I chanced it again later on my phone and there was no captcha. So I got back my thing that was in five days. Apparently, I'll be fixed up. I hope I don't have to look up promotions. <laughs> Hopefully not. You won't be clicking <laughs> on the promotions tab to find uh, the search. And interesting to know yeah. that that didn't work for you. So you're, you're sorted anyway, you think. We'll have to I wait and see. So. Let us I know what happens so. in the five days, and, and hopefully, yeah. Joe Din, you'll be uh, you'll be laughing like we're going to discuss now. I hope so. Um, just just well, go, yeah. go, go yeah, into this because, because humor a lot of times will bring people together in different it does. circumstances, it doesn't does. it? And even a lot of couples who are finding the going tough with all this lockdown stuff and all that, um, you know, if there's a bit of tension and a bit of uptightness and all that, um, and our left can, um relieve all that um, or help in a big way anyway because actually laughter triggers um, healthy believe it or not physical changes and psychological changes in in the body Um, um, I mean laughter actually strengthens one's immune system it boosts energy it diminishes pain it decreases stress so it's really, really important. It raises the old mood and it improves the emotional state, we'll say. Um, so they, there have been a lot of studies done. Um, and uh, some of the findings, JP, were that laughter decreases stress hormones and increases immune cells. There you are. It can mm. even laugh off covid and infection-fighting antibodies. Uh, so it improves your resistance to disease. Laughter, according to this study, triggers the release of endorphins, the body's natural feel-good chemicals. Endorphins promote an overall sense of well-being and can even temporarily relieve pain. It has also been found in studies that smiling, a natural part of laughing, is a universal indication of happiness or pleasure across all cultures. And according to psychologists uh, who did a study, Paul Ekman, when we smile, 
the brain releases dopamine, a neurotransmitter that produces feelings of happiness. So it isn't just, um, you know... uh, a loud laugh humor. can can do this. It can be a simple smile in a shopping centre to someone or letting someone out in a in traffic and smiling at them. That can be a benefit. Absolutely, and 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 it helps in a world of um, of stress and a world of um, you know uh, lockdowns, uh, numbers every day, COVID nineteen. Um, God knows we need some little bit of release from all that kind of thing. Um, And we need it very, very badly. I was reading recently where, you know, divorce rates, etc., have gone um, very much uh, higher, the numbers. And um, that a lot of couples are finding the going uh, very tough uh, during... um, during all this uh, lockdown, um, etc., and um, uh, apparently also, um, well, sure, we don't have to. We don't need any studies to tell us that laughter um, uh, gives us back with another person a sense of connection. Um, so you know, uh, when one is taking pleasure in the company of another person. Um, uh, with laughter, um, uh, their um, their anger uh, and anxiety are diffused, and it can pave the way for a better relationship. So it's not um, it, it, it's 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 not a light matter. I remember. Do you remember? Uh, well, maybe you wouldn't know, but a long time ago in the um, in the Reader's Digest, there used to be a whole column or a few pages, um, Laughter, the Best Medicine. No, I don't remember the... the I, I, yeah. I, I know yeah. of the Reader's Digest, but I don't remember that page. But uh, okay. like so many magazines, they would have had features that people would have read to bring the humorous yeah. side out and get away from the, the serious news stories that would be contained in the news, I suppose, in magazines and, and papers and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, uh, it, it, it turns out like with a lot of very um, scientific research that that little phrase is true, that laughter is the best medicine. Yeah, um, and as you mentioned there, Joe, the stresses that people did face over the last year and families who were all together in a home and it could be young children, uh, babies or, or teens. And there was stress and there was tension in households. Everybody's on top of each other. But if something happens that might be funny or someone said something, it did release, you know, the tension disappeared for a few minutes or a few seconds anyhow uh, before things got back to normal again. But it, it, it did do people good. And I think that's why people were turning to comedy I know we did in the height of it we had comedy segments on this show uh, during the height of the pandemic just to you know get away from everything that was happening yeah yeah and um, I mean I think C103 have been brilliant in that line in the sense that um, you know it it wasn't um, constant bloom and doom it was far from it I mean and uh, I I, I think the um, the the lighter messages, the um, uh, the lack of total immersion in the gloom and doom was doing a great service for people. 
because um, it can, and it did, get us down. And um, God knows we needed a little bit of relief uh, from it. Yeah, no there was question. various shows like the other shows uh, and other shows that did not mention uh, a COVID and they could do that. And then you had the likes of the good news this morning we were talking about with the Roars and we spoke with Paul and Fenton. So you had the, yeah. the, the, the good uh, side of things that's happening in the world as well. And all of that then yeah. can, as you say, it can strengthen relationships and bring social benefits. And hopefully that is something that will that will continue on at the other side of this, Joe. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, uh, please God, we'll get through um, uh, all this old um, uh, bad news, and um, and that we'll smile and laugh again um, at the end of it, and we'll remember it not fondly, but we'll remember it um, uh, with great gratitude that it's over. Totally, and I know you mentioned there about people being happy and funny things happening and what it can lead to with a texter here who says, uh, during the height of things, the person used to message me a lot during the uh, COVID and the height of the lockdowns and send funny attachments and, and funny memes to me. We used to have a great laugh, but they don't message much uh, now for some reason and I miss the crack between the messages. And that's something, Joe, just to bear in mind that life is getting back to normal for a lot of people. People are returning to work, people are out and about, and for others that might be for some situation or another are at home alone uh, that daily interaction like that person would have received is now gone because people's lives are getting back to being busy again so that's just some, something to watch out for You're dead right that's absolutely right that um, yeah uh, we, we, we need to remember um, loved ones we need to remember family we meet, need to remember friends and um, and we need to remember that someone could um, uh, you know, benefit greatly from an old text, a message, a phone call. Um, you know, uh, look up our our list of texts and see is there anyone that we forgot to reply to? That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. We need to feel that um, you know that uh, that people care. Yeah, true. And that, that, that hasn't stopped or disappeared uh, as things do return to normal. For the moment, yeah. Joe, uh, thanks and enjoy the benefits of laughter and hopefully we did help a lot of people uh, this afternoon on that and we'll chat to you again next week, Joe. Absolutely. Take care. That is Joe Heffernan there. He's an accredited counsellor based in Boherbui and you can contact him on 086-834-8145. On the issue of bank holidays we spoke about earlier with uh, Paul Murphy, TD, uh, from People Before Profit, Passion Milford says on that, what about self-employed people? We were not entitled to bank holidays at any time while Cove, a listener who was John in Cove, when he said that we should have no bank holidays WhatsApper here saying can you please ask that John and Cove who says we are not entitled or should have no bank holidays is he retired as he has too much time on his hands I'm laughing my socks off at this guy and on Bantry Hospital while we heard earlier from Independent TD Michael Collins and Fianna Fáil's Christopher O'Sullivan a texter here says Bantry Hospital should be upgraded it's fantastic to have on our doorstep such fantastic doctors nurses and staff they are excellent I think now at this stage it's time for Michael and Christopher to stop talking about it and it's action is what we need that's what we voted for says that texter to 086 2103 we'll chat to you tomorrow morning again with Cork Today my thanks to Bernie who took your calls across the morning and we'll chat to you tomorrow morning at 10am have a good afternoon 
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.